the NBA Finals matchup is officially set. The Golden State Warriors, the Boston Celtics, and no, no, no Phoenix Suns, obviously. Many of us are still recovering from what happened, what seems like yesterday, but it's probably three weeks ago now. And I was thinking about this a little bit. I love basketball. The NBA Finals are the pinnacle of what this sport has to offer. In most scenarios, it's the most eyes that will ever be on this sport. Yes, the most watched NBA game is generally right along the same lines as the least watched NFL game. It's just the nature of our sport. It doesn't catch the natural national attention as football does or even baseball at times. But that being said, basketball does make me happy. And I got to ask you, Coach, as you join me rather than Matthew, first, welcome in. Thank you. Thank you. If it makes you happy, then why do we feel so sad? (laughs) Because it sucks. (laughs) Because it sucks. Because it's it's not fun being an Arizona sports fan at times like these. Because it sucks. That's why. Plain and simple, man. Yeah. It's... It's a rough one to watch this year, and it's one that I definitely I will spend watching. I won't spend it nearly with the same attentiveness that I would a normal basketball game. You know, there's a you'll be doing stuff. You know, Thursday is the NBA Finals first game. I think I'm cleaning out my garage that night. Like, will I know what's going on? I'll always know what's going on, but you're not going to sit there, live and die with every possession, right? Not at all. I, and to be honest, John, I didn't watch any of the conference finals. I didn't want to. I don't blame you. And I probably won't watch any of the finals unless there's a game seven. I just don't want to. Wow. I just, I I just choose not to at this point. I'm still frustrated. I'm still bitter. I'm still pissed, you know, and I don't think I'm going to find any closure until the off season comes. I don't even know if I'm going to find closure when the off season comes. I mean, this is one of those catastrophic losses that you will reference for years and years to come. There's no getting over what happened to the Phoenix Suns in that game seven. It's just finally trying to reach that stage of acceptance where you've accepted that loss and you're willing to move on. And that's what we're going to try to do a little bit on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So first and foremost, thank you to Coach Evan B. Joining us from the He's on Fire podcast covering for Matthew Lissy tonight. Uh, Matthew had a fantastic Memorial Day weekend, it appears. We were scheduled to go live on Sunday, and Matthew's still out there. He's out in the desert somewhere running around in his boxers and one flip-flop crushing IPAs, uh, I believe. So if you I see him. I Joshua Tree now. <laughs> he's made it all the way to San Bernardino. He's pat, He went past Coachella. So if you see him, please return him back to us. We need him back for the pod. Uh, but have no fear. Coach Evan B. is here to assist. We're going to be talking about a bunch of things, obviously a little bit about the NBA finals, some Suns trade rumors, and of course, of course, the ongoing saga that is DeAndre Ayton that will fill both your podcast and my podcast uh, until any action happens. I mean, it's... And it's even gonna... thereafter. There <laughs> yeah. <it'll... laughs> no and, and for what. the rest of our podcasting lives, if we lose DeAndre Ayton, if he goes to another team, we'll constantly be bringing up his statistics and and whatnot. So... Uh, on that note, Jamsters, a reminder to please subscribe, rate, and review. If you happen to be watching along live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, head over to the YouTube space, hit the thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button. If you're listening, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and please follow the show at Suns Jam. You can follow me at Darth Voida, and you can follow Coach at Coach Evan B. And where can they find your podcast, by chance? At He's on Fire Pod on Twitter, He's on Fire Podcast on YouTube, and all of the audio platforms that you could uh, you could search for. It's one of those fun things. I'll have every now and then somebody ask, like, "Hey, so where can I listen to your podcast?" I'm like everywhere, bro. Just everywhere. Stitcher. Do you know anyone who uses Google, Stitcher? It'll pop up. Do you know anyone Stitcher. who uses Stitcher? No, I don't. I want to meet the people who use Stitcher. If you listen to this on Stitcher, please hit me up on Twitter. Let me know that. I'd just be interested to hear that statistic because I've never even heard of it. But it's And like, rate it's, and review as well, right? Yeah, why, while you're there, I mean, you might as well. So uh, it's time to pop open an ice-cold beverage. I'm going with a double chocolate IPA uh, from San Diego. <laughs> uh, 
that's when I'm going to be popping. You drinking anything today, Coach? Uh, I actually, about 15 minutes prior to getting on, I popped a gummy. So I'm hoping it'll kick yeah, in after the podcast. Let's go. Crack them if you got them. And let's see what happens to Coach as this one progresses. Looking at some of the comments in the chat, Thomas Danette, one of our elite jamsters, says, haven't watched any NBA since the Suns' loss. Uh, Brunus92, we miss each other, I know. And he also says that uh, DA is the Suns' goat at center. You know, which kind of brings me up to my first point when it comes to the NBA the Luke finals. Luke Longley slander, wow. I know, how dare you? <laughs> what number did he wear when he was here? Because I see you're wearing a very interesting jersey he, he wore the same number of steve's as steve nash by the way that's correct number 13 yeah, all right yeah. yeah you know your stuff so you're rocking a phoenix suns was that 2000 is when they brought those uniforms 2000 away number 30 jersey and i Respect. think he only wore this one year you and i talked offline about who it was i think he only wore this specific jersey one season and it was the inaugural season curious if anybody in the chat can get this before uh before time's up here yeah, that's a that's a that's a dope jersey. So you're you're buying these jerseys on eBay right now. What's going on? I, I'm going through like just I don't like buying players that are currently with teams because of basically what just can happen, right? <laughs> exactly for this reason. And I really wanted to get a Cam Johnson jersey. Now he might get traded, and there's all this stuff. So so I'm done with that. So I want to go back. I kind of want to get the the obscured fun jerseys of players that I like. I have a Rodney Rogers one. Uh, loved awesome. Rodney Rogers back in the day. I was bidding and I got outbid on a Bo Outlaw one. I put $30 nice. down and somebody got it for 32 And so I kind of want to get some of these obscure ones, but I'm currently bidding on a, get this, John, you're going to love this, a 1995 Western Conference jersey when the, when it was in Phoenix for a Dan Marley, a Dan Marley Western Conference All-Star jersey. Oh, those are, those are nice jerseys, man. Those mm -hmm. are sick. That's back when the All-Star jerseys were like cool. Awesome. You know, retro style. No, I think that's a great idea. I actually, that's how I got a Sean Marion jersey was going on eBay, doing it that route. Uh, mm -hmm. And and you're right. Like I have a DA jersey up here behind me for those of you who are watching. And who knows what's going to happen to that jersey? Am I right? I mean, I like the old school approach. Uh, what's your, so so name all your son's jerseys real quick. Uh Penny Hardaway back in the day, the Black nice. Sunburst. So I have nice. this one, which hopefully somebody finds the Rodney Rogers one, uh, the white of this one, uh, Steve Nash, purple, Sean Marion, orange, Amari Stoudemire. Nice. Old school with the Phoenix uh, text across of Kevin Johnson, a white sunburst, Charles Barkley, and the Devin Booker Valley. And I feel like I'm missing one. Uh, throw in the Randy Johnson Diamondbacks one from the. Uh, 2001 series so that's a hell of a collection yeah i've got a booker valley the white current deandre ayton i've got a kj sunburst i've got a steve nash with the wild west font when they had the throwbacks nice. that one year uh i got that one i've got uh an orange steve nash orange crush and an amari orange crush and i got a sean marion purple and again, I feel like I'm missing one or two in there. I'm surprised I don't have a Dan Marley one, but I wasn't the biggest Dan Marley fan in that era. Like I loved KJ and I just felt like it was really trendy to be the Dan Marley guy. Go, go, go get a Danny Manning one or a Danny Ainge or, or Gugliata. <laughs> Go get a Googs one Googs. or Antonio McDice. He had one good run here. Okay. Oh, real real quick off subject, I, I, not sons related. What are your top three favorite jerseys of all time? Like actual Jersey designs, just, just style of Jersey color, anything like that. Oh God, that is a tough one. Um, and just basketball, right? Just basketball NBA okay. specific. Okay. Um, I love the sun's wild West purples. That's a top three for me. And that's probably, obviously that's a Homer pick. Uh, but I absolutely love those jerseys. Uh, they they had them with the team for 23 years or something. Yep. And, you know, they they could wear those today. And they're just they're so clean. Uh, absolutely love those. Uh, a red Michael Jordan jersey is the prettiest thing I've ever seen. I was a huge Jordan fan growing up. Uh, 
obviously 93 that didn't work out for me because i was going for the suns but mm-hmm. i just i love that red jordan jersey i think that's beautiful and then let me think god that's tough all right give me yours Why i got I, I got the late 90s supersonics the green one those are sick with the red kind of going across with the the needle as the t you know yeah I like love, the sean I love Kent. that one yes yeah loved that one uh penny hardaway magic you could either go with the black or the blue one with the pinstripes i kind of tend towards the uh the black one and then my favorite of all time you'll kind of agree all right let's see he's going to his bag of tricks see what he's got right there yeah yeah i wasn't a fan of the pinstripes i love it i I wasn't a fan of the pinstripes that's a beautiful jersey though what he's holding up if you're listening he's got the black jordan uh, with the red pinstripes, I believe that was 1996. They came out Correct. with that jersey, uh, absolutely be- and nice. You got the sewed on letters and everything. F- favorite jersey of all time, all time, right there. Love it, love it. Anyways, yeah, I don't know what my number three is. Like, go with the '96 Rockets, right? Oh, the gross. rocket ship that had the gross. smiley face on it. <laughs> it. Yeah, it was funny because you had the Sonics and you had the Rockets and you had a bunch of these teams that you clearly had these mid to late '90s graphic designers designing their. 76ers is one 76ers yeah they changed i like those those black 76ers the allen iversons i was a huge allen iverson fan too had that as a kid too oh Oh, we could talk all day about this couldn't we yeah i mean i wore uh allen iversons and i still do i I wear allen iverson question low mids i probably had six pairs when i got my first job that's why i got my first job so i could buy shoes and i still (sighs) buy them like Foot Locker releases new versions every now and then and like every time Mm -hmm. i do my wife thinks i'm an idiot uh, I'm like, hey, can I have a? I'm gonna go spend a hundred bucks on a uh, some all white Iversons. She's like, whatever. You're. So I was weird. this close to buying the new, uh, char- not the new, the old Charles Barkleys that were released in like '94 and '95. That was yes. kind of going around on Twitter. They were like 240 bucks or something. I was like, I can't pull the trigger on that one. Well, I finally pulled the trigger. I spent way too much money on some uh, Jordan 11 Concords. So they're like lows. Ooh. I like lows. I don't like high tops. And I wore mm-hmm. them to game five of the western conference first round last year when lebron james walked off the floor and i bought these things off of stock x and they're certified and the the fucking soles fell off and i gotta get them repaired so if anybody knows a good place to get shoes repaired like i put a little shoe glue on it and it didn't turn out the way that i wanted it so uh well so, sorry for that tangent but that's just some good basketball conversation uh, this is what happens in the off season for us Right? Yeah, like exactly. shoes and jerseys and let everybody know in the chat the jersey you have on right now we referenced it a little bit earlier number 30 phoenix who is it clifford robinson rest in peace rest in peace uncle cliff and a side note i did call that before we came on i'm like hold on i know who that is he totally did totally, totally did totally did well so let's- and, and k cassidy 90 has a good shoe repair person nice please uh hit me up on twitter at darth voida uh, just slide to my DMs. Let me know where that is. Cause I mean, these are really nice looking shoes and I would wear them all the time. I like, I don't care about the collective version. I don't buy shoes to look at them. Right. Like I buy shoes to wear them. Yeah. Uh, and I wore these things one time and they just, the, the sole fell off. I'm like, what kind of bullshit is this? But, uh, but anyways, reeling us back in, we'll talk, talk briefly about the NBA finals. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, you have the Celtics, you have the Warriors, uh, thoughts on these two teams making to the finals and you already mentioned you won't be watching, correct? I mean, I'm sure I'll tune in here or there. I already have something planned on Thursday and Thursday night. So that's game one, you know, won't be able to watch. I don't even know when game two is to be completely honest with you. I'll Sunday. keep tabs. I'll look at stats after I'll probably see some highlights. It's just too gut wrenching to turn it on and listen. So what do you think of these two teams in it? I I honestly think I want to go with Boston. I really want to go with Boston. I don't, I mean, I don't think anybody here wants to see the Warriors win after the the crap that their fans pulled on us the past couple months. The fans, man. I I don't want to deal with that. I mean, I've never been a big Steph Curry fan. I've never been the biggest. I don't like Draymond Green. I have nothing bad to say about Clay Thompson. I love Clay Thompson. Um, My mom went to school with Steve Kerr's dad actually so i have really? nothing bad to say about steve kerr except you know forks up and everything you know, he went to arizona <laughs> um and jordan Poole, who i've grown not to like he did go to michigan which is my second favorite team so you know i liked him before kind of everything that happened this year 
So I want them to win. I don't know if they're going to be able to stop a guy like uh, like Al Horford and uh, Williams down low. Who's going to guard Tatum then? Like if you're having Draymond guard Horford, who's going to guard Tatum and who's going to guard Jalen Brown, right? So curious to see the matchup, how they how they work things. They Warriors just have a way of getting things done when they need to. They mm-hmm. just have that way about them. It doesn't matter who they play. They just roll out who's playing and they go for it. And things always just seem to work and balance in their in their favor. So that's why I want Boston. But now we're talking about Boston getting their 70th freaking title. <laughs> and the Warriors are about to get their fifth or sixth in the past how many years. So it's just, you know, the abundance of riches, the rich get richer type of thing here. Yeah. Ever since uh, the, cro- the clock struck 2000, Boston has been on a championship winning spree on, that's been unprecedented. And, you know, I, I'm with you. I can't I can't root for the Warriors. I just can't do it. And it's interesting because you go you wind the clock back about, you know, a few years ago, 4 years ago. And when you had those consistent battles with the Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers, I constantly found myself rooting for the Warriors. It's kind of like a Western Conference pride kind of thing, right? Like but as the Suns have played better over the past two seasons and we have had to go against that team and most notably the fan base, I have really started to create a disdain for this team. As you mentioned, Clay Thompson can't say anything about him. Draymond, I could say a ton of things negative about him. Steph Curry, I've never been too big a fan of. I, I respect his game. It's fun to watch. I can see why it's fun to watch. But at the same time, in my personal opinion, it's kind of ruined the game in a, a little bit. You know, the way that he started yep. launching threes, now so many young kids just want to be Steph Curry and they don't give a shit about playing defense and they and they're they're not trying to be as creative with the ball as they should be they just want to jack up the shots uh other members of the team i can go back you know down the list much akin to how you did it coach but it's the fan base for the warriors that's really ruined it for me having interactions with them you know seeing a fan base that was who who went through struggles i mean the, the warriors were a joke for years and years and years many years when the Phoenix Suns were successful and you know, they, they got their taste of success and with it comes entitlement. And uh, I just, that frustrates me. Now on the other side of it, you have the, the uh, Jason Tatum argument. And I am someone who's been unbelievably outspoken (laughs) about Jason Tatum and how overrated I think that he is. I thought, I think that he is the much akin to like Luca, right? He's somebody that the, powers that be in the NBA have chosen and said, you are going to be the future of this league. So we're going to put you on Gatorade bottles. We're going to shove you down the throats of fans. Uh, I was walking in fries today and he was like on the side of like a popcorn thing. I'm like, really Jason fucking Tatum. Uh, But I will say this, like he's earned it in my eyes, the way that he's played throughout this playoffs, the way that he's played this year, uh, the way that he's continuing to grow. He's really, having me eat my words and I'm okay with that. I can admit when I'm wrong and I've been wrong about Jason Tatum uh, plenty. And as I listen to the Bill Simmons podcast consistently, a Boston guy who's just fan fan boy, you know, all over the place. It's going to be tough having Boston, you know, potentially win this thing and have to listen to Bill Simmons fucking spout off about it too. So you know, I'm kind of in the same place. I, I don't know how much I'm going to watch of this series. I will watch it, though, because I love the NBA Finals. Uh, I've watched every NBA Finals I could since as long as I can remember. The only thing that's ever pre- prevented me from doing that is military service. Uh, but outside of that, like, I watch the Finals. But I think I'm going to end up going with Boston. I like their, I like the defense. Yep. I like their style of play. Uh, I like more of their players, I think. I don't know. I don't <laughs> like anybody who's not a son, so. Uh, but, but I'm I, still bitter about Al Horford. We should have drafted him. What in the 2003 something six, whatever it I think was, it was six or out. seven. Yeah. Six or seven. Yeah. We, we should have gotten that pick. I'm bitter about that. I mean, I could go down their list as well too. <laughs> I, I've never been the biggest Marcus smart fan. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge Marcus smart fan, but for the same reason that, you know, if, if he was on my team, I would love him. Right. It's a Chris Paul effect. Like every team has that guy. Oh, sure. they have, like Grant Williams drives me up a wall. This guy is grade A annoying, man. Like, watch some games with Grant Williams, dude. All mm-hmm. he does is bitch. And bit, I mean, it's just like, you just got to get yourself ready. But the way that I see it is 
the Celtics are a team that, you know, there, there's two questions. Who do I, who do I want to win and who do I think is going to win? Right. I want the Celtics to win. I think that's where I'm finally landing. And I actually put a poll out there uh, on Twitter and I asked Suns fans, I'm like, who do you want the M- to win the NBA finals? 31% said, who cares? Granted, I get it too soon. Too sure. Soon. Sure, sure. Uh, 19% said the Warriors and 50% said the Celtics. So I fall in line with 50% of the Suns fans who answered that poll that I want the Celtics to win. Who do I think is going to win? Now, that's a different question. Now, granted, I put my money on the Celtics. They're plus 130 when I put the money out there. So why the fuck not? Right. It was five bucks. Who gives a shit? Uh, The Celtics just went through a really, really hard series against the Heat. And I don't feel the Heat had the depth or the talent to take them to seven games, and they did. And then you look at the Warriors, as you mentioned, a team that just gets it done when they whenever they need to. They have the talent, they have the experience, and they have the depth. And I think that's going to be a problem for the Boston Celtics. This is the first series they're actually going to have to play against a team that plays legitimate defense, though. This is true. So and physical defense. Yep. Could that throw them off guard a little bit? Probably. I, I happen to believe games. that they're going to... I mean... You know, sometimes when you get the the first week off in the NFL playoffs, it's you know it's a good thing. And then sometimes you know they come out in that first week, and you know they get completely blown out. Or excuse me, the second week of the playoffs, they get blown out. So Golden State's been resting. You know that confidence has just been building and building and building because they did they really get tested in the Western Conference? No, they they really didn't. At the they end didn't. of the day, so Boston had their back up against the wall, right? They were they were backed into a corner. Game seven on the road. Here we go. This is what it's going to be like. And they came out and they shut the door. They did. They came out. They did what they had to do consistently. I watched. That was the only time I watched was the fourth quarter of that game. Caught the rest of the highlights. I, I couldn't have been more impressed with what they were doing and that style of defense. That we Everything just... the Suns should have done <laughs> in game six. Like, yes. you know what? Let's not take this to game seven. Let's just come out and whoop some ass. Huh? Yep. Yep. And. So I, I think that they're just the one time that Golden State in their whole run, they looked human was when they were up three one and LeBron came back on them. Right. But they had like Iman Shumpert and J.R. Smith playing out of their minds on defense. Mm-hmm. That length on the wings just totally threw them off balance. The Warriors, I mean, this is similar length that they're about to play here. Clay Thompson still isn't the Clay Thompson of old. So, I mean, he can still go out and, and, and throw up 38, right? How many players can still do that? There's current players that can't do that for crying out loud. So I'm not mitigating that, but this is a different type of team, a different type of defense. And a guy like Marcus Smart coming in is how is he going to rough up Steph or is he going to get on clay and is he going to rough clay up and just take him out of the game? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm curious about what they do. I do want to see some, the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm intrigued now. Yeah, but, let's go. Know, I, I'm still I'm still busy Thursday. Still got plans, so maybe you know sometime later I'll, I'll be able to do some things. And I will watch this year. I love the NBA Finals, man. I do. It just it, it hurts this year, and I get it, Suns fans. And it hurt a lot in the past. You know, watching. I remember watching uh, Hakeem Olajuwon go up against the New York Knicks and Patrick Ewing one year, and then doing it the next year against Shaq, and just being heartbroken watching that for the same reason. I'm like, dude, we this should be us right now. But it didn't stop me from watching it. It's, it's especially watching John Starks choke that game. Seven. Oh, I, I like love one for thirty. Like that, that could have been us. That could have been us. I know. I I loved hating on John Starks, man. I couldn't. That's one guy. <laughs> top five punchable faces of all time in the NBA. Like he definitely falls on that list. He's for me. up there. Yeah. Don't don't buy his jersey. What number did he wear? It's a single digit. Was a three? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's right. See, we know our jerseys. All right. Well, let's let let's shift gears. Talking, you know, bringing it back to the Phoenix Suns. Obviously, the say the Suns trade rumors are running rampant right now. Uh, Flex from Jersey. You know, he he podcast tweets. You know, he's putting some information out there. Obviously, anybody who watches or listens to this podcast knows that this is a pro Flex pod. I think that he's a fantastic resource. Absolutely. Uh, if he gets anything wrong, like. Oh well, everybody gets something wrong. He doesn't claim to be a you know somebody who's trying to drop news. He's not doing it for professional reasons. He's somebody who has inside knowledge of the workings of this organization, and he's kind enough to share that organ that organizational information with us. And you know he he always keeps it just vague enough. And that's what I love about Flex, man. Like he'll never tell you what's going on, but he'll hint at it. And like nine <laughs> times out of ten, so far he's been right. Yep. So 
can't complain there. Uh, you know, the first thing I'll say, him and Dan Duarte have the Coast to Coast podcast. I highly recommend if you get a chance to listen to that one. Uh, Dan, I know you're not listening to this podcast, but Paul will let you know that I said something because Paul does listen to this podcast from Fan of the Flames pretty religiously. I love Dan on the Coast to Coast podcast so much more than the Fan of the Flames podcast because, like, he hosts. You know, he play he plays kind of the me, right? And correct. kind of like the the you on your podcast, and like like when you're in the driver's seat. You're more trying to drive the conversation rather than respond to the conversation. So on Fan of the Flames, if you listen to that podcast, it's just Dan, a glass of whiskey, and like the F-bomb just hanging out for an hour. If you ask him, oh, Dan, what do you think of uh, this team that we're going to play? Man, I fucking hate that team. I hate so-and-so. I hate and I love it. I love it. I want to have a segment on my podcast about why Dan hates this team. (laughs) I know. Seriously. It's the it's the fuck that guy segment, you know. It's like Dan has that on that. But when it's him and and, and uh, Flex on the Coast to Coast pod, it's a great listen because you mm-hmm. get to see the positive side of Dan because that's what Flex does. He brings out the positivity, and again, he kind of lets uh, uh, Flex cook, and and he's a very gracious host. He does a great job of it. So Dan, again, I know you're not listening. You're probably listening now because Paul told you, and you've gone to like the 25 minute mark of this podcast to hear what I had to say. And I look forward to hearing you respond with a bunch of F-bombs on the next Fan of the Flames uh, podcast. But that being said, uh, the latest podcast from the Coast to Coast, or the latest latest quote from the Coast to Coast podcast from Flex from Jersey, uh, he stated, the Suns are in a position to acquire a superstar. And there happens to be two superstars that have made it clear through back channels that they want to be in Phoenix which is a fantastic statement. He also tweeted out, and by he, I mean Flex, uh, the Suns have positioned themselves well to take advantage of a unique opportunity. The most important part in acquiring a superstar is for that superstar to want to play for you. It's a player's league, and the Suns are extremely attractive due to a certain individual at the moment. Doesn't say who that individual is. Obviously, doesn't mention who the superstar or superstars are, which makes for a fun little opportunity for us to play a game. Who are those superstars? Uh, and would you want them on the team, which is a loaded question because we're not breaking down the viability of these trades, but let's run through some guys, some names out there uh, yeah. who are superstars and just say, Hey, this is a guy I would want on the team. This is a guy I, I wouldn't want on the team. This is a guy who I've never thought about being on the team because again, we're, we're not sitting here saying what the Suns are going to give up. We're not running the trade machine right now. Okay, this isn't an overly analytical podcast. I just want to talk about some big names because Flex used the phrase superstar. So, Coach, when I use that phrase, what does that phrase mean to you, superstar? Superstar means uh, in the past X amount of years, uh, injuries aside, for sure, all NBA multiple times, uh, for sure, all-star candidate multiple times, and is already making the big bucks. You know, has already gotten a... uh, was it the the rookie the rookie extension the the mm-hmm. rookie max or whatever? Maybe he's on his third contract. So to me, that is a bona fide superstar. You, yeah, same thing. You know, Matthew and I have this whole thing on like what's a level of a of a of a superstar, a star, you know, what have you. And Devin Booker, by making an All NBA team and All uh, First Team at that, because he qualifies for that super max, like that's kind of. Now, now you've hit the superstar kind of status because there's a there's a finite amount of guys who actually have hit that super max, mm-hmm. right? And that means that you've you've you have a max contract, and there's a kicker in there that if you get an all NBA team, it it, it quantifies upon that. I mean, Devin Booker is going to be one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid player in the NBA here in a couple of years uh, if the Suns choose to extend that super max to him, which would be really dumb to not to do, right? I mean, it's at the perfect time. That'll kick in the same year, if I'm correct. I think it's 2025 uh, or 20, what year is it? 2024, when it would kick in. I think it's the same year as the new media deal. So it's like, there's going to be this high inflation. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Wow. You know, it's going to be ideal. So uh, that's kind of my idea of a superstar. So, you know, when we sit there and we say that, I I don't want to hear DeMontis Sabonis is one of those superstars that wants to come here. Well, would you classify DeMontis Sabonis as a superstar? He's an all-star. He's he's an all star. I I I look at it as superstar. Superstar is the the untouchables. Go and get you a bucket. Can can do everything. Multiple gold medals or rings and MVPs. That that's superstar. Giannis, KD, LeBron, those guys. Right underneath it, all star. I would probably put Devin Booker in that all star, the high all star tier. Right I there, you're gonna have Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, those type of players. Right, and then mm-hmm. you just have like the stars. That would to me would be like a Rudy Gobert. 
Donovan, uh, Donovan, Mitchell. Mi- Donovan Mitchell could be a little bit higher than that. Maybe I personally, I would put Donovan Mitchell higher. Um, and then you just kind of go from there. Like Joel Embiid, uh, and, uh, Jokic superstars, 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 uh, Chris Middleton star, all-star, uh, he, probably more of a star in my mind. So, mm-hmm. but, but that's, that's kind of my tier of ranking. Okay, perfect. So establishing that, let's run through some names that potentially could be out there and just give our thoughts on it. And obviously, the big one that everybody's talking about, Kevin Durant, right? Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant's name is being thrown ar- uh, out around there, obviously, because of reasons like uh, he's a fan of Devin Booker's. He played with him on the gold medal team. He, he's been outspoken on the fact that he's a fan of Devin Booker's. He wanted uh, to draft Devin Booker mm-hmm. when he was in OKC. They wanted OKC to draft Book. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's been a fan of his for a long, long time. What's going on in the, the Brooklyn organization right now probably isn't something that Kevin Durant wants to see, right? Kate, uh, Kyrie's up for an opportunity to be extended and get a max. Brooklyn doesn't know if they want to do it for obvious reasons. The James Harden experiment failed. And now you have Kevin Durant kind of hanging out there just being like, okay, uh, what's next for me? So, Obviously, we're not going to go too far into the possibility relative to logistics and what you have to give up and how many picks and all that. But KD, would you want to see KD on the team? That's kind of a loaded question there for me personally. I've, okay. I have a new sense of wh- how I would build my basketball team. And really, John, and I want to okay. pick your brain about this too. I want to go for two-way players. 100% two-way players. Jay Crowder is not a two-way player. You know, Torrey Craig, not a two-way player. I want a guy that can go out and get a bucket and then a guy that can go out on the other side and get a steal, a block, or something like that. You know, Al Horford, I would almost quantify him as a two-way player. You know, Mook, Mook Morris, I would look at him as, as a two-way player because he can get his own bucket. How many times does he get 19 or 25 points when he plays the Suns? You know what I mean? Norman Powell. Look at that guy. I think he's yeah. a two-way player. Kevin Durant, you know, has a a higher defensive rating, and that scares me a little bit because does he save himself for the offensive side? I'm sure he does, but I don't – I'm afraid that we're going to fall in love with the sexy name and the sexy uh, acquisition. He's mm-hmm. 34, or he's mm-hmm. going to be – he's 30, go, 34, going to be 35 when the season starts, I think is what it is. So – after two years, if we don't get it done with KD, where's that going to leave us? You know what I mean? That honestly worries me. His age worries me. Um, I don't want to say lack of defense because I have seen him play defense before, you know, but a lot of times it is a little bit of a lack of defensive side. So, I, I mean, I would obviously say yes. He's arguably still the best basketball player in the world. But it scares me a little bit for those reasons and me wanting to build this team full of two-way players. That's what I would preferably want. So would I do it? Yeah. You better make damn sure – you better damn sure know what you're going to do around this team because we're going to be giving up a lot of players, and this team is not going to be what it was last year. So we better have players lined up that can fit that three by five that James Jones likes to talk about. Yeah. You so better I'm, win a goddamn I'm championship. I'm scared to fall into that trap. It's John. it's funny because like you took my take kind of like, I was hoping you come on and be like, yeah, KD. And you're just like, Oh yeah, KD, you know, and like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that ain't, that ain't me. You know? And I'm, I'm with you. Cause like, I love KD. He's my favorite non son. I've always been a huge Kevin Durant fan. Yeah. But to your point, my biggest thing is he he's 33. He's going to turn 34 in September, right? So, is. you know, coming off of a, a, a devastating injury, don't get me wrong, you know, he still put up 30 points a game this past season in 55 games played for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, and the, the previous season, he put up 26.9. I mean, the guy's an offensive machine. And to have him essentially come in and take the place of A.J. Crowder, because he'd play the four, most likely, right? Uh, and maybe some small ball five stuff. It would be fantastic to see what this offense could be. But I'm with you 100% when it comes to building your team two-way players because you look at teams like Boston. The reason I I, I do like the Boston Celtics team uh, is because the majority of those players are two-way players. 
Yep. You know, they can score, but they can play defense. And I, I, I just, I have a natural affinity for defense, no matter what sport I'm watching. Um, if we were to list Cardinals jerseys, it's like all defensive players and like Michael Floyd. Cause he went to Notre Dame. Like I love <laughs> defensive players. and Troy Nicholas for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't get his, I didn't get his, uh, I did get Kyler Murray though. Um, but that being said, like, I love defensive. I, I, you yeah. have to have that mindset. And th- th- that's what made this last, this last year of Phoenix Suns basketball so great. Right. They were the third uh, in offensive or defensive rating in the NBA. So it's just like they knew how to shut it down. And that's what made them so effective in the last uh, five minutes of every game with KD. Potentially, you could try to hide him if you make the right acquisitions around him. But to your point, one of the issues that the Nets had, the reason they didn't get out of the first round this year is because they were so top heavy with the contracts that are Kyrie and KD and Joe Harris got hurt. Their depth was shit. And you need depth. If anything's proven, if, if we've seen anything this playoffs, depth is unbelievably valuable because of the physicality, the pace of play, and the constant adjustments that need to be made. It's the reason why the Dallas Mavericks didn't beat the Warriors is they weren't very deep. They shouldn't have beaten the Suns for the same reason. You know, but the Suns just forgot who the fuck they were. You know, it's like, you ever seen a, a Christmas Vacation? And you yeah. got Cousin Eddie sitting there. He's talking about, he's like, well, I got this metal plate that goes right down my, my hairline. You know, it's, it, it's, or when it's, you it, hit it's, it. It, yeah, <laughs> you know, it, but the reason I got it's because, you know, the old plate I used to have in there, every time my wife turned on the microwave, I pissed my pants and forget who I was for 30 minutes. That was the Suns in the last two games of the, yep. of the season for them. They pissed their pants and forgot who they were for, for 30 minutes. Uh, but that being said, you need that depth. And I, I as much as that, that name KD, Sounds so good, and he would look so good in a Phoenix Suns jersey, new jerseys, by the way, that are coming out yes. next year. I don't know what it equates, what what it means for this team in the in you know for the remainder of the season. Chris Paul's a year older. Mm-hmm. Now you got old man KD, you know, and like all of a sudden you've gone from this young team with this really young core and an old point guard to this team that's like this is it. Like we got to get it done this season or next, because these guys are checking into the retirement home here pretty quick. Yep. Yep. And I know vlogs was worried the whole uh, playoff series about, you know, being called frauds and whatnot. Well, you get KD and you lose that. That's the definition of frauds right there. Yeah. And yeah, I, cause that's what you that call just worries me, man. Yeah. I'm going to say, well, I called them I, frauds anyway. How, uh, how was Steve Nash still the coach there, by the way? Side note. Yeah. No idea. No idea. Love you, Steve, but damn, that ain't that ain't the gig for you. Here's what's interesting. Uh, Sports Illustrated put something out today and they said Vegas odds are currently negative 5000 that KD stays with Brooklyn. And then the next team that he would be or that he's aligned to go to is the Suns at plus 1500 Mavericks plus 1600 Celtics plus 1800. Uh, and then some other teams. So it, according to at least Vegas, the odds are he's going to stay there. But if he is going to leave, we're number one in the running. So it'd be interesting to see KD. I know it's the same thing. Again, I, f- I feel myself having a lot of these questions that I had when Chris Paul came to the team. You know, it's like that's a lot really? of money for a guy who's a little bit older. And I just don't know if he has it. And then, like, you know, he came out and he, he made I mean- me shut up. He loves Monty. He's been on the record talking about Monty Williams so many times. So had nothing bad to say about Monty. So, you know, there is something to say about taking, you know, a player like a Tyron Matthew out of the draft that everybody questions, but you put him in the right situation, he can flourish, right? So maybe, you know, Katie getting away from whatever system is going on there in Brooklyn and drinking that water, coming back to somewhere warm again with some palm trees here and there, loves book, loves Monty, knows Chris Paul like... Who's to say it wouldn't work out absolutely perfect? I mean, these are all guys with high, high basketball IQ. I mean, you and I could probably guarantee that that's a 60-win team right there. I mean, hopefully they would rest people and they wouldn't go there. But if everybody's gunning on all cylinders, like, that is a 60-win team. Easy. Nobody can say that otherwise. But for everything we just said, I'm skeptical. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm torn. But again, if it happens like... Let's I'm go. Buying, I'm, I'm buying his jersey. Maybe. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. All right. A couple of the names I want to throw out there. Bradley Beal's another one. Would you consider him a superstar? 
He's kind of on that edge, he's, right? He's like that Booker threshold for me personally. I think Booker might be just a little bit farther ahead because of the defensive prowess that Booker all of a sudden ha- has gotten. Just but that, again, that's not to say Bradley Beal's been losing for nine freaking years and he comes over here and then who's to say he wouldn't go absolutely bonkers with his wingspan, which I think he has like a six seven or six eight wingspan. Yeah, he's long. And he's tipping balls left and right. And all of a sudden, Chris Paul goes out. Now he's handling uh, the point guard situation. You know, I, I would love Bradley Beal to come here. That is one that I love. He's 28 years old, a proven commodity. He can go out and get you 30 points a game whenever he wants. He can play point guard whenever. He can play backup. He can play off ball. He's great slicing to the basket. I mean, I have nothing but wonderful things to say about Bradley Beal. I would love this acquisition because this is one you can build off of for years. This isn't a shot in the pan two years and go. So that's who I would prefer, but that's just me, and I've been wrong before. This is a 28-year-old all-star in his prime, in my personal opinion. Coming off yes. some injuries, yes, but well-rested, uh, has the fight, has the fire. And, you know, again, there's that whole, like, how would it work with Chris Paul thing? Well, we don't know. Let's just say, we're not talking about, you know. If it'd it's be a, wonderful. I think it'd be perfect, personally. Uh, and I know, uh, I, I think it was Jay Joyce who threw it out there. He's like, him and Thomas uh, Thomas Bryant, you know. <laughs> like, no, that was me. I'm taking was that, that you? He got was that, that for you? me. He got he got that for me. Give give me Thomas Bryant. And let's go center by committee. Yeah, I I agree. I think that's a great. But that would be a great acquisition. I feel and I feel like you know when when I hear Flex say these things, there's people out there right that are who want to play in Phoenix, which has always been kind of step one. We got to get back to that tier where people just want to come here again. It's been yeah. a long long time. And it started to happen over the past couple of years. And when you win 64 games, you win 64 games. And you might have some young, immature centers who are more focused on being the uh, the center of an offense rather than winning. Uh, but there's other people who value that winning and being part of a, a fantastic culture, right? Bradley Beal, I feel like, is one of those guys who I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that Flex is referencing when he mentions a couple well, superstars are interested in coming here. Remember his very first tweet, was it the day or second day after he said, think of what superstar you would want to pay $35 million to? How much does KD make? He makes $42. Yeah, that's How correct. much did Bradley Beal make? $35. Oh, man. Yeah, I'd, I'd be with that. I'd be 100% with that. I guess the, the, the question you have to ask yourself is if he comes here, what jersey number does he wear? Because, you know, three is already taken by... Uh, Chris Paul. He'll figure stuff. it out. He'll be fine. 30. He'll figure it out. <laughs> 30. Do it for Cliff Robinson. See, it's all circular, my friend. Facts. It's all circular. Facts. Uh, Damian Lillard. Thoughts on that one? I've always loved Dame. I've always, always, always loved Dame. I mean, when I was coaching just a few years back, I looked over, I saw the head coach, and he was looking down, and he was texting Damian Lillard. I like, what what are you doing texting Damian Lillard? He's like, well, he's going to help sponsor some of the kids that can't afford shoes and all their stuff and whatnot. So Damian Lillard, with his own money, gave some of the kids uh, donated, not gave, excuse me, he donated, he donated uh, to the program uh, shoes and you know extra shorts for practice stuff and everything. And he and he helped these kids out. And I still talk to some of these kids today. So I love Damian Lillard, and if we could get him. That would be incredible, too. You're probably talking about releasing Chris Paul at that point or, excuse me, trading him. He wouldn't be on the team. So I have emotions about that as well, too. But Lillard and Book together, whoo-wee. I I, I can't say enough about that. Now, can Damian Lillard play defense? Of course he can. That's the thing that I've seen. You know, they played nothing but drop coverage in Portland, like his whole tenure. So, again – Put him on a winning team, winning culture, winning type of defense, and you know, let's make those judgments afterwards. Would you rather have Dame or Bradley Beal? I'd rather have Bradley Beal. See, I, that's the camp I'm falling in because I'm with you. I love Dame. I love who Dame is as a mm-hmm. human being. I love who he has met, what, what he's meant to this organization. He's meant a lot to Devin Booker. He's the one who st- stepped aside. Now, granted, he, you know, he said he had an injury, but he's the one who said, "Hey, I'm injured." Devin Booker needs to be in my place in this all-star game. He's the, he's the guy who got Devin Booker, who got, he got him into his first all-star game. He's always been a fan of Devin Booker of this team. And he, he stated it now, granted he is tied to Portland. He is ride or die with Portland. I truly don't think in any way, shape or form would Portland part with him. They've parted with every other asset on that team in an effort to try to rebuild around him. Okay. That team's stacked with assets now because they got rid of Rocco, Norman Powell, CJ McCollum, all gone. So I, I don't see them ever parting ways with Dame, nor do I see him forcing himself out. It's He's one of those guys who 
the Stephen A. Smiths of the world, the national pundits, much akin to Devin Booker, are always trying to say, come up with trade scenarios to try to get him out of his yeah. situation, which he never wants to. Would I love to see him on as a member of the Suns? Absolutely. But I think that Bradley Beal is, one, a better fit, and two, uh, more plausible than Damian Lillard at this point. I am looking forward to see Dame and Anthony Simons together in yeah, the backcourt next year. Absolutely. I think that's going to be a really, really good combo. Highly explosive. Highly explosive. Again, the issue they have is their interior, and you just can't trust uh, Jurkic there. So, nope. um, Anybody else? Any other superstars that I haven't mentioned that – you would like you could LeBron James. What about LeBron? LeBron. I mean, I'm hearing LeBron's name thrown out there. Tell me, tell me your thoughts on LeBron. Hard pass. And every what would you and, do if LeBron James was on the fucking Suns. How would you I mean that? Look, if he came over and we didn't have to give a lot of assets, like you know, I I'd be down for that. I I wouldn't give up anybody. I wouldn't give up. I'd get okay. I give up Jay Crowder. If you were Jay Crowder for LeBron straight up, let's go. After that, you know, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't, I don't know LeBron. if I could handle having LeBron on my team, like emotionally. I like I don't know how I would navigate that because, I mean, I, I I I've always respected LeBron. I respect who he is and what he is, and and to see how the Suns and other teams have physically fallen apart in the playoffs for the Suns the last two years, to know what LeBron James has done in the postseason. You know, prior to this season, you know, he had, what, nine consecutive NBA Finals appearances? Right. He's a fucking tank. Like, there's no yeah. doubt about his durability and his talent. Uh, there's other things. The intangibles with LeBron is something that I've always kind of had an issue with. And I think that, you know, we talk about camps and sides. You know, like, I'm very big on, like, I'm a Jordan guy because I've seen both of these guys play. I've seen the way that they've responded on and off the court, and I'm more of a fan of the way that Michael Jordan presents himself and I think the statistics you know it's, it's not longevity it's quality with with Michael Jordan uh to have LeBron James on our team I I again I don't know how I would react to that but his name well, is being thrown out there well here's here, let me put it this way to you if KD or LeBron either one of those guys come to the Suns and we win the championship is this more about KD and LeBron or the Suns oh it's 100% about exactly. KD and LeBron and exactly. their legacy 100% yep would you care at that point? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I I do. Because then what are we talking about? They're not talking about the city of Phoenix or anything. What does this do to KD? It's going to be KD all day, every day. You know, that's cool. You brought us that title. But it, it almost not doesn't feel like a sham, per se. It, it feels like we maybe faked our way into it. I, I, I don't know the words I'm trying to describe to make me feel about that. But it would be about them and not about the city and not about the... 50 plus years as a franchise and Devin Booker getting there. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be things like that. So yeah, we would have one and, and that would be a move I'd like to make after we get like three championships and let's bring in somebody else like that to, you know, bring a hired gun. Yeah, exactly. To get to go get a fourth one. But I don't know. I I have feelings about that. Do you think that's how Toronto feels relative to Kawhi Leonard? Was Kawhi, at the level of LeBron and KD, no. Was no. it all about Kawhi and the injury situation with San Antonio going over? Yes. And the second they they won, it was all about where is Kawhi going to go next? You yeah. Know? So he in the same narrative, it kind of robbed that city of the struggle. I mean, that's good, better, and different. We've struggled, and the shortcut is not always the way to go. So I'm I'm with you there, like. Well, our only championship is the Arizona Diamondbacks, and we wouldn't have done that if we didn't go out and spend big money on oh, arguably was, the that, best that left-hander of, of all time. Yeah, and, and Kurt Schilling, uh, yep. Luis Gonzalez was like a nobody, but Matt Williams they got in the expansion draft. But yeah, you went and got Randy Johnson, and you had Kurt Schilling. So, so you know what? Yeah, and, and I love I love Randy Johnson. I mean, I loved watching. You know, I loved watching him play, and I grew up watching him play. He was the best pitcher I've ever seen. Yeah, best, we, easily the best pitcher I've ever seen. And the Dimebacks had him in his prime, man. Yeah. I mean, he won four consecutive Cy Youngs with the Boom, Dimebacks. boom, boom. I mean, I remember every time he pitched, I, I tried my best to go to every game that he pitched just because you know you were witnessing greatness, and that's exactly what yeah. he was. And 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 Haydot Zero has a great point in the comment. People forget that every player helped during that Toronto versus the Warriors, which kind of oh, goes into the, another player I like. I mean, remember Pascal Siakam? He had like 43 points in game one, you know? So 
you're right. You have a point. Devin Booker can go out there and win a game, and then you'd have Chris Paul with a game-winning shot or something. I get that. I just don't want – I want it to be about the city and the team I love and not about one player's legacy. That's all. I agree, but just to win a championship, I just want to know what that feels like for the Suns. So I don't know. Maybe I would sell my soul. Well, you're a Dodgers fan. What is what does that feel like? I mean, not, I'm not trying not, to. I'm not trying not, to insult not you. Not much, man. We don't win shit. <laughs> the only time we won was in the bubble, and half the country doesn't give us any props for it. It's consistently losing and losing and losing, paying way too much money and not winning anything. That's the story of the Dodgers. We're great right now. Our team's fantastic. I can't wait to fizzle away in playoffs again. You know, I mean, the one time we won a championship in 2020. People don't give us credit for it. Ah, you, you bought your championship and it was a fake season. You know, it's like, yeah, I have a jersey and I have a hat that says champions on it, you know, so you can never take that away. You can't take away that how I felt in that moment. You can't. But yeah. at the same time, like, you know, it's it just doesn't feel the same. It doesn't but feel I've, the same. I've never been on that side of things. I've always been, I hate the Yankees. I hate the Nets. Oh, there's the Celtics with the big three. And I've been against it. So I've never been on this side. Let it happen and we'll see. But Pascal yeah. Siakam, that that that's a name right there. Not a superstar. He's definitely an all-star. He's a six foot eight guy. He's a two-way player. He's a great defensive player. You know, it looks like he has a hundred percent motor. He'll rebound the ball for you, get the block shot. He's gonna go on the uh on the elbow. He's gonna get you something too. A lot of guys can't guard him. Mm-hmm. I like Pascal Siakam. I could I could talk myself into that. What about you? I could too. I definitely could. Uh, there's another guy I'm going to mention here from that same team momentarily when we get into the little eight and watch. Uh, but I'm mm-hmm. a big fan. You know, again, he lines up kind of with our timeline. He's a 27 year old. Uh, had had a you know a down year a couple years ago. People kind of thought he fell off a little bit, and then he came back. I mean, he was a huge part of that Raptors team. I I absolutely love Pascal Siakam. I I really do for the reasons that you just stated. I love two way players. He's got length. You know, imagine him and Mikhail Bridges running together, you know, I mean, and and you'd have to pretty much do uh, uh, center by committee, you know, if you give up D.A. in that situation. Uh, but, you know, he shoots 34 percent from beyond the arc, so he's not really a sharpshooter out there like you would like you currently have in Jay Crowder. Uh, but I feel like you get more consistency offensively, obviously, with 22.8 points per game last year uh, and defensively as well. So. Yep. But that'll bring me to my next guy, and I think I think it's time. I mean, we're fifty minutes into it. For those of you who are watching, that was a new eight and watch graphic. It was him fumbling the ball and then dunking on Giannis. Ugh. It's DeAndre Ayton, ladies and gentlemen. It's DeAndre exactly. It's the duality of DeAndre. So before I get into uh, the great DeAndre Ayton de- debate, I want to start with a little rant. Okay, and this just goes out to all the eight and stands out there, because unfortunately, I had to deal with some of you guys on Twitter over this past week. And uh, I just want to kind of throw some things out there. And, you know, some of you have I, uh, multiple of you have said things to me and you've slid in my DMs and said some just kind of rude things just because uh, of my statements on the last pod. And my, my statements are pretty basic. Like, I do I like D.A.? You know, let me start by saying once again, like I'm a fan of D.A. And what he brings his team, and I have a belief in who he is and, and, and can be as a player. He, he has the potential to be a fantastic player, and I want him to be on the Suns. Uh, but I said on the last podcast that I'd love to, for him to be here if the price was right. And appears that's too wishy-washy of a statement for some of you Aiton stands out there. Like, you want me to either be for DA or against DA. You want me to commit to a side of the argument because that's what you like to do. You like to argue, and everything in your world has to be black and white, even though we live in this world of gray. Right. So those eight stands, I'll tell you what, you never cease to fortify my opinion of you. You love the player and I can understand that. Like I love Michael Jordan. Right. But you allow your fandom to cloud reality. And that's where you and I differ. I know it's got to be tough. Listen to this podcast. Like I get it. It's a one sided conversation. Right. You hear what I think and you don't agree with it. So you get pissed off and mad and you lash out. And perhaps it's my fault for listening to on Twitter and giving you two cents. Uh, or two seconds to, you know, affect my day. But, it, it, you know, it's like when, when you start with like the name calling, because I don't agree with your opinion, it's just it's childish to me. And it reminds me of a lot of like politics, especially in the world right now. You know, and people know, like, I'm not political on this podcast. I don't use this as a forum to promote anything political because this is a fucking basketball podcast. But when you talk about DeAndre Ayton, it's the same thing as politics. People would rather just do all they can to justify a stance that their party possesses 
rather than partake in a civil discord about the topic. Why? Because of gang mentality, right? They're Republicans. They're Democrats. Like Chris Rock once said, try just being a person, right? Like the same has occurred with this whole Aiden situation. You can't have a logical conversation with some people. They don't want to hear it. You're an idiot if you don't agree with them. Sound like politics? It does. And it reminds me of one of my favorite moments on the Never Scared uh, Chris Rock album. The whole country's got a fucked up mentality, man. We all got a gang mentality. Republicans are fucking idiots, and Democrats are fucking idiots, and conservatives are idiots, and liberals are idiots, and any, anyone that makes up their mind before they hit an issue is a fucking fool, okay? Everybody. No, 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 no. Everybody's so busy wanting to be down with a gang. I'm a conservative. I'm liberal. I'm conservative. It's bullshit. Be a fucking person. Listen. Let it swirl around your head. Then form your opinion. No normal, decent person is one thing. Okay? And that's where I stand with DeAndre Ayton, man. That's how I feel about DeAndre Ayton. Right? Like, some people are so in love with DeAndre Ayton and think that he's such a great basketball player that they ignore the facts. And I'll say this, you, you want, you, you want me to be clear on this topic? I'll here's as clear as I'll get. Am I a fan of DeAndre Ayton? Absolutely. Do I think he deserves a max contract? No fucking way. So there you go. So I'm sure you've been, you, you've been saying that since you were a guest spot on PHNX when the, when DeAndre Ayton, they decided not to re-sign him. And I remember mm-hmm. you going on that pod. That was like the first thing you said. Yeah. You've been clear on that. I know, but people, because I don't agree with their point of view, you know, they're like, well, you can't, you can't say that he deserve he doesn't deserve a max and still like the guy. That's just, that doesn't make sense. No, it does make sense. It makes sense to me. Fuck off. I like him. Okay. But I don't think he deserves a max. Okay. You can like a guy and still doesn't. And, and, and I, again, because I don't think that's how you build out teams in the modern NBA. It doesn't make sense to me to pay $30, $35 million to a center. And again, yeah, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, DeAndre ain't neither one of those guys. Let's just be real. He's not even close. Okay, he's a great role player, a great role-playing center. He has a great skill set, but he's not worth $35 million a year. He's not worth crippling your franchise. And if he's at that point where he is not willing to play for this team because he wants – to not be a part of the team anymore, then so be it. Bye, dude. Let's get some shit for him and carry on. See how those other teams go. See how that goes for you, DA, when you're with a point, the point, not with the point God, uh, not with a coach that uh, teaches defense, doesn't have that culture, hasn't been to the playoffs or how many years, or goes to like the Hornets where they get ousted in the play-in game in the very first one. They don't even have a second one. See how that goes for a while. Enjoy Detroit. Where Seriously, you have K. who's a great offensive player, but you guys play no defense. You expect you're expected to play all the defense, and then all these weight and expectations. Like, has there been weight and expectations on DeAndre Ayton? Yes, since the moment he got here, and it's why he's the most polarizing uh, member of this team. But at the same time, like he's had support around him, and he's had a he stepped into an organization that's put a lot of really good players around him that's allowed him to be successful. And, and at the same time, he's bought into that success. But now he's kind of going into that, like, I don't want to be here shit. And so it's like, if that's the case, then so be it, dude. Like, if it's if the bridge is broken, let's carry on and let's see what we can get back for him, right? 100%. He's been catered to ever since getting out of high school. Catered to and got paid to go to University of Arizona, where his team's floundered. His team in Arizona completely floundered. Oh, like, I know. They got they got ousted in, what, the first or second round? I, th- I want to say it was Buffalo, if I'm not mistaken. But he got floundered there. And then he gets popped for PEDs. I have a conspiracy on that. Did he take PEDs because he was getting two hours of sleep and he couldn't get there? So he's like, let me get some PEDs so I can juice up and be all that again. You know what I mean? I mean, that's a that's not out of the realm of possibility. But, you know, he got popped for PEDs here. And we could have gotten to the playoffs that year. We could have done something pivoted done something different maybe ricky ruby would be here we'd be better i don't know but that happened and we missed the playoffs because of it fact also fact he has the highest rate of assisted uh field goals by anybody in the league Uh, out of his field goals 82 percent of them were assisted on 
So that means he doesn't go out and can't get his own bucket. Can he? Uh, yeah, sure. Have we seen it? Uh, n- no, we haven't seen it. Not consistently. We've Not seen flashes. We've seen flashes. But DeAndre again, Ayton is closer to Clint Capella than he is to Joel Embiid. This is correct. And again, Low Sun says, "Are we going to talk facts or just bash the guy?" Part of those facts. Fact. Part of those facts can be construed as bashing because them's the facts, right? Let's also talk facts. You know, if you want to have a, a positive spin on it. You know, like, yeah, was his, uh, did, did he sacrifice himself for the team by taking less shots? Yes. But he also kind of, you know, that was the double-edged sword. We want him to be more engaged, but he's willing to not be engaged. He's not the kind of player who's going to go out there and ask for the ball, and he's okay with that. So, again, it's, I, I think we both kind of land on the same place when it comes to the great Aiton debate. Uh, or at least with the stands, man, like. And I know I'll hear it from but, him some more, and I just won't listen. Listen, this. are are you a Suns fan or are you an Aiton fan? I'm a I, I'm a Suns fan. We're, we're Suns fans, man. Yeah. We are Suns fans. We want what's best for the organization, and and the players. Well, that type of thing just kind of falls in lines. You you win good things and bad things, as you can see, will happen, and things fall in line. He's so if you're an Aiton fan, he's gonna get paid. Yeah. But please go go, go to that en- fan base. I enjoy really enjoy his New see- Jersey. Dude, I don't want to see some of these eight and stands coming back on here talking about Phoenix Suns basketball after this. And that's that's just I'm I'm tired of them. You've got to look at the facts and you can't be so blinded and have the what what is it on? The horse uh the yeah, blinders. blinders. It is the blinders. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to have the blinders on and can't see anything else. And I hope he can stay. And that's me. That's me. And, saying, I hope and, he can and stay. I know it ain't gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I know it ain't gonna happen. You know, there is the possibility for a sign and trade. And, you know, obviously the disadvantage of a sign and trade is I hear more and more about this. Again, I'm not the expert when it comes to how contracts work. But if you're doing a sign and trade, you're signing him for whatever that restricted free agent match is. So let's say that's $30 million. If you're trading that out, it's only worth 16 going out. So it's not like you're getting, you know, $16 million back. So it's it, it's interesting. It's interesting. The, the whole debate about DeAndre Ayton is interesting. It's going to continue to progress throughout the summer until something actually happens. Uh, you know, there's, there's some other things that I was going to talk about, but I just don't know if we're getting time. To it, so Re- real quick, some, some uh, a little bit of a woge bomb while we've been on. ESPN reporting after weeks of conversation with ownership and management, Utah Jazz coach Quinn Snyder, his future remains unclear and a possibility exists that he could decide to end his eight-year tenure with the franchise. I just wanted to, to drop that in right now. I could see that happening. I mean, Quinn Snyder's that that's a team that, you know, a lot of changes coming because they're a team that's running in quicksand and they've been doing it yep. for five years now. So, Oh, I know all about the Donovan Mitchell. Another guy. I, I, I wouldn't mind to see Spida over here next to next to Devin Booker. Although Spida's ankles is something I'm really afraid of. So I, I tend to lean against that. Yeah. I'm not a big Spida fan. Just, I never have been. He yells too much. Stupid reason not to be a fan of a guy. After I sit there and I rip all the eight stands, you know. <laughs> you As know, we're again, fans of Booker who yells the whole time. <laughs> but but see, I've ripped Booker his whole career for the same shit. I've always ripped. Again, I like I like I like to say, like, I'm kind of a guy in the middle when it comes to kind of things because I like to absorb all the information and form my opinion based on the information. I can't sit there and be like, I love Devin Booker. So when he yells, it's okay. It's like, no, he looks like a jackass. You know, when he throws the ball away, like we, he used to do it all the time in his third year, he'd just throw the ball away. Then he'd yell at his, at his fellow player and be like you should have been standing there it's like dude what the third row like come on diva go back to my early pods man all i did was rip the guy you know so again I, when it comes to deandre Ayton, there's a lot that is going to be discussed there's there's trade possibilities there's there's all kinds of things you know but at the end of the day i'll just leave uh the pot on this note he ain't a max player there's no way in my mind he's a max player in this organization he can go somewhere else and be one that's fine but I don't think in the best interest of the Phoenix Suns is to max that guy out for a prolonged period of time. Now, if you want to max him out, hold him on the team for, you know, until his 90 days is up in, what is that, like mid-December, and then you could trade him at that point, I think that's a, a smart route to go uh, because it gives him an opportunity to say, hey, we've paid you, now what? And again, if he performs to a, a Joel Embiid or a max center level in that first month and a half of the season, then you've made a smart investment. But if he continues to not be engaged, to hide on defense, to, uh, uh, as you mentioned, you know, not generate his own offense and continues to be a tertiary option on offense, then 
there's probably a better option. You know, you could probably get some more of those two-way wing players to add to your depth, to fill out the the depth chart, if you will, and then go center by committee. Uh, there's a great piece by Dave King on Bright Side of the Sun that talks about bringing in, you know, OG Anunoby from the uh, from the Raptors as well. Um, you know, and he talks about how you'd have to probably get a third team involved and, and a bunch of things, but I highly recommend going and read that piece. Uh, but it opens up a lot of doors for the Phoenix Suns. So, you know, that's what's gonna be interesting about this offseason is we have so many doors that potentially are open for the Phoenix Suns. People want to be here. Uh, it's a great organization. And, you know, we'll see what happens with DA. And we're going to be talking about you, this shit you, all you, fucking summer. You've got to get somebody that wants to be here Bingo. as opposed to forcing somebody to stay here. If you get a guy that wants to be here, he could run through a brick wall as opposed to somebody that's forced to be here. He's like, I ain't touching that wall. Mm-hmm. It is. And we are in win now mode. We are in win now mode. We are. I mean, we can talk about book being 25, Mikhail, yada, yada, yada. We are in win now mode. We can't have somebody that doesn't want to be here right now. And don't forget, he was not picked by James Jones. I think I'll leave it on that, Jamsters. I think I'll leave it on that. Thank you again to Coach Evan B., who came out and joined the Suns Jam Session podcast. Once again, tell everyone where they can follow you, my friend. At Coach Evan B. and at He's on Fire Pod on Twitter. Just Google us, He's on Fire Podcast. You'll catch us. And uh, when when do you go live? What, what, what's your schedule looking like right now? Uh, during the off season, you know, we've had a lot of heartbreak. You're a Cardinals fan too, and yeah. uh, Arizona State for me, nothing but heartbreak from the Pac-12 tournament to Arizona State football and allegations, and now I'm sad again. So you know what? We're taking a little break this summer. We're going on uh, once a week, Sunday nights, and the second football season and basketball season comes back. We'll be back every Sunday and Wednesday. But till then, we're taking a little break, and we'll be with you on Sunday nights. There and we're going to have Cheerston Susell joining us uh, this Sunday. If anybody doesn't know Cheerston, uh, go and catch her podcast off of PHNX. She just did a really great uh, uh, triple story on the Phoenix Coyotes and the Arizona Coyotes and that how, how all that happened, and that was really good. So catch us Sunday. There you go. Uh, I'll be tuning in and talking shit in the, ch- in the chat, as I as I like to do. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow the show at Suns Jam. And you can follow my normal partner at Matthew Lissy. Again, if you find him roaming around the Coachella area with one flip-flop, please give him another flip-flop. Give him a pair of pants. Guide him back home. Uh, until next week, we'll see you, Suns fans. Have a good one. Uh, go home and love your family and whatnot. <laughs>